as happy as can be. Welcome to Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us in just a moment. It is Thursday, the 24th of September. Time is ticking. This year is slowly slipping and sliding into the past. And let me tell you, there is a meme of t-shirts out there that has 2020 one star. Not recommended. Do not. <laughs> do not buy. 2020. Wow. The year that was and still is and shall be for at least another three months and a couple days. Yeah. So um, we were talking about stuff going on with uh, um, Brianna Taylor and, you know, what, I mean, you know, even early on, just some basic facts were not being uh, put out in the news properly. Like, you know, did they have a warrant for her house or was it for a neighbor's house? Did the police go to the wrong location? That was the, the, the story initially. And then it comes out that, no, no, they actually were where they were supposed to be. They read the warrant correctly and went to the right house. This wasn't some horrible, tragic mistake. They went to the place they were supposed to be. Um, but now there's questions to whether or not the warrant should have been uh, issued in the first place. And, you know, I mean, that'll come out in the, in the proceedings as the, you know, anytime there's been a, a fatal shooting, there's going to be an investigation as to what happened and how it happened. It bothers me that there wasn't body cameras or at least some cameras with the police so that we would have a record of what actually occurred. In this day and age, there's no excuse for that. I mean, shoot, you know, I can pull out my phone and have a camera on when I'm getting ready to do something like this. And if you're going, you know, executing a warrant and breaking into someone's house or knocking on their house and rushing the house or, you know, and you're concerned that there may be a use of force, and as, as is the case here, you know, the, the, her boyfriend was shooting in defense of, of his home when people broke in, and they say they identified themselves as police. He says he didn't hear that. Um, both of those things can be true. They're not mutually exclusive. So, um, you know, I mean, it will see. Unfortunately, the end result is, is Breonna Taylor is dead. You know, two police officers were wounded. Um, it's a bad situation. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, you look at as a, uh, a law enforcement person and you say, that type of situation is a perfect setup for horrible things to happen. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Or we should really, really consider when we're going to do that and how we're going to do that and why we're going to do that. Because it's, um, you know, bad news. So Erin um, just texted into the show. She said she's going to be a little bit delayed. She's got to fill up her gas tank. She's got to get some petrol. So um, it'll be a little bit before she joins us. But anyhow, in the in the Breonna Taylor case, and this is completely not part of the case at all, but because they're in Louisville, I used to work with a gentleman who was from Louisville. And, uh, and he would tell me things about the city. And I remember one time at lunch, we were getting um, food somewhere. And the first time I had ever had a chicken pizza with like a ranch sauce on it, was with him. He said that was a Louisville thing. And it's Louisville, not Louisville. It is not Louisville, it's Louisville. To those who live there, it's Louisville. And uh, anyhow, um, and so, uh, you know, here's to the fine folks of Louisville for coming up with, uh, you know, the chicken pizza. It, it's, it seems like it's a very California thing, quite frankly. But, uh, and the first time I had it, I was in California. But my uh, good friend Bob... 
former employer and and later friend um, was a uh, Louisville native who who uh, introduced me to a chicken pizza with like a creamy white sauce instead of an Italian um, uh, marinara type of sauce on top of the pizza and uh, good stuff good times remember those days uh, I, I remember one time we also went to a uh, steak place, one of the Ruth's Chris places where you basically buy a piece of meat for, you know, $30 and then a potato for another 10 and then some vegetables for another 5 and, you know, it's a very expensive meal. And, uh, and, and you're sitting in a fairly dark restaurant. And I, at the time, was used to ordering my meat medium well, if not well. And he looked at me and said, you do not cook uh, Ruth's Chris steak medium well or well we're gonna eat them rare <laughs> and he ordered them he insisted and it was the best steak i ever ate but thank goodness the place was dark so i couldn't really see uh i just cut it put it in my mouth and ate it and it was delicious it was delicious but oh my gosh i can't imagine what it looked like on the plate i mean it, it was still mooing as they carried it over to me it was uh yeah rare hmm. yeah not my thing but uh yeah, not a cheap steak, but if you're ever in the mood for a good one, Ruth's Chris. Not a supporter of this show, but uh, I'm a supporter of theirs. Uh, you know, on, on rare occasions. They're expensive. It's not a, not a place you go too often. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> and I didn't mute my mic. You just had to hear that. So live with it, baby. Live with it. Um, I am seeing a uh, an article here saying that 61% of the population now supports abolishing the Electoral College. Achoo, my goodness. Now I'm going to start this up. Allergy season is amongst us. You know what it is? Is It's fire season here. And so uh, we still are getting smoke and soot falling from the air. In fact, just a minute ago, something went drifting by in, my, in front of me. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And it's a little bit of soot. I'm indoors. But it happens. My goodness, sorry. I'm going to probably sneeze many more times. When it happens, it happens repeatedly. So uh, we'll just live with that. But anyway, a uh, strong majority of Americans supports amending the Constitution to replace the Electoral College with popular vote system, according to a new poll from Gallic. I think that a large number of people don't really understand what the Electoral College does and why it is there. And so as a result, they um, feel that it is it is an unnecessary step in between their vote and electing a president and that the president should be elected by popular vote. I am in the minority in this case, or at least according to this poll, I believe that it's important and that it should stay there. It essentially says that we vote by state, not by um, person, that each state elects however many electors they get, and that's the number of representatives in the House of Representatives as apportioned by the most recent um, census, which is one of the reasons filling out your census form is super important, uh, but also then um, an additional elector for each of the two senators. So you'll get the n total number of people in Congress equals the total number of representatives in the Electoral College. And if you win a state, you win all of their votes. So, you know, if you win California, you get, and, and I don't remember the numbers, so forgive me, I don't have them in front of me, but it's 50-something votes because um, we, have, we are the most populous state. And so from the last census, census in 2010, California got X number of representatives and their two senators. Every state has two senators. Each state gets at least one representative and perhaps more based on population, so the minimum of one. So 
Uh, each state has three votes as a minimum uh, in Congress, one in, one in the House and one in, and two in the Senate. Um, and then in the elector, when you, when you then switch to the Electoral College, um, each state, you, you know, you win the chunk, basically. You win the state. The electors vote, uh, and because the, the, the winner selects the electors, you don't get electors that are, are selected and then decide to vote against their party. Uh, here's Aaron. She wasn't that long. Well, you weren't delayed very much. You're a quick gas-and-go kind of gal. Yes, I, I am. I am, I am. Ah, it's this time of morning. There's nobody out and about, so. Yeah, you know. yeah. Well, I mean, it's 7.15. It's like midday. <laughs> you know, it's funny how you get used to, you know, your schedule and stuff. And uh, um, uh, this past weekend, normally on weekends, I let myself sleep in until 7.30 or so or 8 o'clock. And I, then I watch, you know, on Sunday I watch some of the news programs, the talk shows and <laughs> the shows. And um, and uh, this weekend, for whatever reason, I got up at my regular time Saturday and Sunday. So I was getting up at, you know, 5.30-ish. And... Uh, so come 7.30, I was, like, ready to eat some breakfast. 7.30, 8 o'clock, usually when we're done with the show is when I eat. And uh, and it was the weekend, and we thought, hey, you know, I'll just go pick up a breakfast at, you know, one of those places, like, in our area, there's a Corky's. And it's, like, home-style food that's open 24 hours a day. And so I go to Corky's, and guess what? During COVID, they're not open 24 hours a day. They open at 8 o'clock, and I was there at 7. Oh, isn't so. that just... Doesn't that just burn you? Yeah, so I lowered my sights and said, okay, well, what can I get? You know what? Taco Bell has those little crunch wrap breakfast things. They're not bad. I'll go there. So I go driving over there, and guess what? They're not open. Oh, no. So I said, okay, fine. Carl's Jr. has biscuits that they make fresh in the restaurant. They ship them the dough, and they've got a little oven there. And so those are usually pretty good. I'll just go to Carl's Jr. And so I ended up getting a couple of breakfast burritos, some French toast dips, and some biscuits and gravy. And so I decided I would save the burrito for another day, and I was going to have the biscuits and gravy. So I open up the biscuit, and then I open the little thing of gravy. I'm going to pour it over the top of the biscuit. And for whatever reason, the gravy was like the consistency of milk. It was runny, oh. thin. It was The flavor was right, but it had not thickened up enough yet i think again they'd probably just opened when i got there and had not had their their stuff cooking and it had not th- and it was horrible i was just like oh my gosh so i could have stayed home like, and forget it i give up yeah i could have stayed home and had a bowl of cereal and been happier or or um <laughs> you know Make or some some yogurt and some fruit or or you know I had eggs. I could have scrambled eggs even at home you know i mean there's i had a lot of options at home i was trying to give myself and my wife a treat and uh, I thought it was pretty horrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, she she, she had uh, half a burrito, and so she was okay. She said the burrito was fine, but it's I- ironic then that the burrito that I saved, I then ate yesterday, and didn't particularly care for that either. So I shall not be returning to Carl's Jr. for breakfast, or if I will, I will stick to like their biscuit sandwiches. I think those are little less likely to have gone wrong nothing tricky like gravy you know who has really good breakfast sandwiches is chick-fil-a 
course, they're not open on Sundays. Yeah. But they have really good ch- breakfast sandwiches, the, the chicken breakfast sandwiches. I have right? had them before. I used to, uh, when I worked, uh, when I was teaching in, in Orange County, I would sometimes drive through the Chick-fil-A. There was a session, there was a, a time when I didn't have a first period class. Uh, and my daughters went to the same school, so I would drive through, drop them off, and then I would, instead of parking, would drive over and go through the drive-thru and get breakfast. And so I would get a Chick-fil-A breakfast, or um, I would go to um, Juice It Up, and they had, like, steel-cut oats that were really good. So I would get oatmeal. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I agree, Chick-fil-A is, is good. My c- complaint about Chick-fil-A is I refuse to sit in any kind of line, and the line was ridiculous. Yesterday, I went through, I was getting ready, uh, I I was running some errands, and on my way back home, it was lunchtime, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll get something to eat, and they just opened up a Raising Cane's here in Corona on Ontario, and so I pulled in, and I got in line, and after sitting in line for like 10 minutes, I had moved 10 feet, and so the way it was set up, they had set up two two different lines flowing in uh, to try to handle the overflow. And I looked across and saw that the other line had then split into two lines itself. So now there's three different lines of people taking orders and we're not moving because they can't make their dang chicken fast enough. And I cut out of my line and went somewhere else. I said, I am not going to sin. I don't care how good their food is. I, I want to eat this decade. People love raising canes. I find their chicken to be bland. I've had it once before, and I thought it was kind of greasy and not very good. But um, I, I know people who rave about it, so I thought, okay, well, that was me trying it once up in uh, where was where, I think we were actually back east somewhere. Anyway, I I thought um, uh, you know I'll give it another shot, and uh, no, but the one that here literally just opened. I mean, they still had like you know banners and balloons out front, so. Oh, okay. um, that that was part of the reason for the line, and although as popular as I've seen them, I've seen other ones that have lines too. So the one in um, San Bernardino is always, always, always has a line. Yeah, always. Yeah, so I will uh, always consider twice before I go there. Then because yep. I, I just don't do it. I don't do lines. So I, as far as now, I again I don't eat these things anymore, but um, uh, or at least I try very hard not to. Um, not intentionally. I'm leaving that option open for myself. Um, yeah. I love Popeye's spicy chicken. So if I'm going to, if mm-hmm. I get a hankering for fried chicken, if I don't go to Stater Brothers and get their, their meal, because we, we've done that, especially when the kids were growing up, that was an easy meal. Um, but uh, I would, I, I will go get uh, yeah. Popeye's spicy fried I chicken. I agree. I like Popeye's dynamite. flavors. It is really good. They were one of the last chains ever to, to uh, finally, when the law forced them to, tell you what their um, nutritional information is. And that's because oh everything gosh, was awful. like, it's all just, you know, grease and fat and oh, salt. Yeah. But it's so good. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's but not healthy. fried chicken, you yeah. should be. Well, and red know, beans I mean, and rice. And the red beans and rice has got like chicken fat in it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's why it tastes so good. That's why it uh, tastes so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Not it's health food. No, not. not not in any way, shape, or form. My one knock about um, Popeyes, and I really I, I like Popeyes. I love the flavor, but on more than one occasion, I have gotten chicken that I thought was tough, like it had either been overcooked or had been sitting under the heating lamp too long, and so it was a little old. and And that has happened to me on more than one occasion at more than one uh, Popeyes. And so something about the policies of their food handling at that chain um, are not are either don't align with my preferences or are, uh, uh, you know, not 
consistent enough. They're not tied down to to highest higher quality standards for right. me. Um, but that's just my preference. I mean, it just you know well, that's the one in San Bernardino. The food's good, but the customer service is awful, and it always has been. I, mean, I think that's a requirement when they hire somebody at Popeyes. You have to look them in the eye and say, "Eat me" or something, or the other ways that you know they <laughs> they won't hire you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or, or either that, or they ask you a question. You look at them and go, "What?" Uh, exactly. You know, that seems to be a condition of hiring there. Because yeah, they, they, I, I across the board, everyone I have been to has had that problem. They are slow. They are not particularly attentive or caring. The fact that they're slow and that you are now angry when they, by the time you get to the window, you're angry. I guess they're just used to everybody being angry all the time. It's like the whole world's angry. I don't understand. Like, well. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But I, I haven't been to a Popeye's in, in forever because yeah. I'm avoiding animal products. But um, the girls, are our, our African girls, would, they love, because there's one right next to our house. They like, are like near our house. Mm-hmm. And that was a big treat. They wanted to go to Cane's or they wanted to go to Popeye's. Yeah. Yeah. I And, and yeah, Cane's does nothing for me, at least the first time around. Like I said, I'm willing to give them another chance, but not wait in a huge long line to do it. Um, and, but if I, right now, honestly, uh, if I, if I wanted chicken right now, the place that I would go, that's, that's a, a local chain that I like is one pollo and that's uh, not a yes. fried chicken. It's that, um, slow roasted chicken with a citrus glaze on it. Yes. And it is and so they good. they have the best potato salad on the planet. They do. It's like a deli potato salad, which is yeah. not necessarily something you typically think of with, with sort of, uh, you know, tortillas and beans and rice, but, uh. But with chicken, potato salad, it's great. It's delicious. Yeah, and in fact. The, 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 the first uh, Juan Pollo was here in San Bernardino. That's where the chain started. Oh, really? And Yeah. And uh, uh, the owner is still, I mean, I don't know if he lives here. I don't think he lives here. But he's still, you know, but still got it open. There's mm-hmm. Juan Pollo's all over this area. So, yeah. yeah. I like their chicken, too. Yeah. As a local chain, they, they uh, you know, have really good food and their chickens aren't ginormous chickens. They're small, tender chicken, and uh, and that that glaze is delicious. And then, like you said, you you get their their pack, and you get a chicken and three sides. So usually it's beans, rice, and and potatoes. And I really like yes. their salsa too. They have a, a I do too. and they always ask for you know uh, mild or spicy, and and uh, get the spicy. It's not that bad, and it's awesome. It has such good yes. flavor. Yes. Oh, now I want one pollo. Yeah, well, you can eat the rice and the beans and the potatoes. Well, no, they put chicken no, in the rice. I want the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. No, 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 it's okay. I'm, I'm, I've been going through this kind of plant that process seed. with myself. It's like, do I want to stay vegan? Uh-huh. Because it's been ten months, and um, you know, I uh, only eaten meat a couple of times in that ten months, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just. I'm missing it, man. Yeah. I'm missing it. And I wasn't before. And it's not that my body is craving it. My my taste buds are craving yeah. it. You know? Your psychology um, wants it. Exactly. Your memory exactly. of those flavors. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, what you eat is a, a profoundly personal thing for everybody. And, you know, while there are people who are vegan and, and they are... are um, uh, violently vegan is how I like to say it sometimes. Um, yes. You know, there's also nothing wrong with being mostly vegan or or mostly vegetarian or, you know, I mean, you yes. decide what you want to eat and it's up to you to do it and, and, and nobody else. And that's that's sort of, you know, 
the the truth of the matter for everybody, right? I mean, you know, it's it's you have your own reasons and your own ways of doing it. Some of the stuff that you have uh, uh, shared at family gatherings, some of the meals that you describe that were vegan sound delicious. Um, you know, so is my Hawaiian Kalua pork when I make it, you know, and, and, and so, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, it is what it is. Everybody's got to figure out for health reasons. Yeah. I was doing it for health reasons. Yeah. And uh, I am doing it. Not was, it's not past tense. I am doing it for health reasons. Yeah. And, and my feeling is, is, you know, I mean, while you've been vegan, I haven't talked a whole lot about it, but I've been kind of watching what I eat and what I have basically tried to use is a sensibility of, uh, whatever my protein is, whatever my meat might be, is that it's it's more. I, I treat it as a condiment to the meal, and so it's not the center of the meal. It's not the primary thing. I'm not eating a plate full of meat with uh, a few things scattered around it, with one exception, and that was um, uh, when your husband came to visit. We got barbecue and watched oh, uh, yeah. and watched. I don't remember we were watching basketball or football, um, but he came over one day to watch that, and uh, and we got take out um barbecue that was awesome <laughs> and that was pretty much a meat meal i mean it was you know you, you know have that meat yeah yeah exactly it's like which kind of meat do you want to go with your meat and uh so we had ribs and um brisket and um oh, barbecue brisket. hot links that were delicious and it's funny because I'm the one who said we should get the hot links. And everybody looked at me and kind of went, really? You don't want the barbecue chicken? I said, nope, hot links. And we got hot links. And it was so good. It was so good. Um, but, you know, again, like everything else, it's uh, to each their own, right? you got to well, find yeah, what works for like you. That, every day there'd be a problem. Or even once a week that'd be a problem. But you don't. So, you know. I'm thinking about things. Maybe it's because it's a time of year. I'm thinking about the holidays. I love turkey. I love turkey. And Mm -hmm. I want to have turkey at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just around the corner, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, I love the holidays. And I want to do the holidays right. I think people are um, missing that connection to um to family to getting together to you know this this whole we've been so separated from one another that um i think the holidays this year will take on more um importance for family especially since the world is so chaotic at the moment um that that getting together and celebrating and recognizing tradition and all of that is important yeah i think so we we need to try to um you know safely reconnect in ways that we can. By the way, the barbecue place went to is Badlands Barbecue in Norco, and it's awful. Don't anybody go there so that I can get my food quickly because I don't want to wait in line. <laughs> yeah, Badlands Barbecue. <laughs> just, just say no. Yeah, like, no. Seriously, it's it. In your face. It's terrible. Yeah, you don't want it. Yeah. This. <laughs> seriously, it's 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 horrible. Um, no, it was, it was very, very good. And those who, who know about it in the area know that it's, it's a, uh, top notch barbecue place. Pig candy. They've got, it's house smoked bacon with the uh, sweet rub on it. Oh, now yeah. do they have a spicy dry rub? Like does the brisket was done with dry rub. I assume it was dry. Rub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was quite good. Oh, yum, 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 yum. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, 
so my, my family's from Texas, right? So um, I remember my dad making brisket and he'd put it out on the on the the grill and it would cook all day. Yeah. And by the time we got it, you know, in the evening, oh my gosh, it was so good and it had a beautiful crust on it and it was it was just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have smoked ribs and and pork roasts and uh, and done po- pulled pork that way and uh, and chicken. I have never done a brisket, and I, I would have to get like half a brisket because a, a, bris, a full brisket is just ginormous. I mean, you have to have like a you know slab-sided um, uh, grill or, or smoker to get that thing on. Um, but uh, that's, a, that's on my to-do list. I want to do that. What's cool about this place is it opens like at 11 o'clock every day, but you can drive by and in the morning you smell the, the, the smoke and the, the, you know, the, they've got the wood in the in the in the thing smoking already because you have to. I mean, I mean, brisket doesn't happen in, in an hour or two or four or six. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's sort of a 12-hour or more process um, depending on how big it is and, and how you do it. But, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so I have to say I watched this um, Netflix show about barbecue, and mm-hmm. I only watched the first episode, but it, it, it featured, and you've probably seen it, um, in this tiny little town in the Texas Hill Country, this Snow's Barbecue, uh-huh. um, and yeah. uh, it apparently has the best barbecue in Texas. Um, and Is this I the thought, one with oh, the 87-year-old pitmaster? Yes, yes. Yeah, she's yes. amazing. Tootsie, I think her name is. Yeah. And, and oh my gosh, everybody talked about... Um, uh, everybody was. Everybody had lined up early. People yeah. from all over, like a, a family came out from California. They and they're like, "Oh, we had to try try this barbecue." And uh, yeah, by the time uh, they uh, open, there's 200 people in line. Yes. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. they only open on Saturdays, but every every week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every week. Sorry, yeah, every. Week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's something I would stand in line for because that's almost like an event, right? If we were traveling through Texas and we were close enough, I would say, let's, you know, get a hotel room. I'm going to get up in the wee hours of the morning and go get in line, so I'll be one of the first ones in line. I want to get my picture with Tootsie, and I'm going to, I'm going to have some of that barbecue, yes. and we'll we'll see if it's all that in a bag of bag of rocks. Um, but you know, you can you can buy you can buy like a brisket, um, uh, and it's shipped to you. It's like it may be like 125 dollars. Uh, hmm. To have it shipped, you know, to to buy it and have it shipped, um, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I let's take a trip to the Texas Hill Country. We'll do it this spring when the um, uh, uh, blue the blue, blue bonnets are in bloom. Those are my yeah. favorite flowers, and they only grow in the Texas Hill Country. Yeah, and I, I would love to do. I would love to go visiting some of that stuff. I want I want to do it on the back of a motorcycle, traveling around like all the way around did though. I want to drive. Out across the middle of America, I certainly wouldn't yes. ride a motorcycle in California because that's like a death trap. Um, you know, I talk, I thought about that at one point when I was working in Los Angeles and driving three hours and seeing these guys go between the traffic that was stopped. And the day I was coming home to tell my wife that I, you know, start start the pitch and say, okay, I think I'm going to get a motorcycle and make this commute easier. A motorcycle went by me and uh, a car moved left as he went by. They didn't see him and. They actually hit his bike, and his bike fell to the left 
and the only thing kept it from falling down was he hit a car on the other side, and he was able to basically hold himself up between the two vehicles going 30 miles an hour to keep himself upright so that he was okay, and then he went on his merry way, so he didn't fall. But I watched that happen literally to the car in front of me, and the guy, and I went, nope, not not happening. Never mind. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, yep, okay, now I see the downside. No thank you, no thank you at all. That's the reason why they call those donor cycles. Yeah, no. There was a guy who there was a guy who rode a bike and parked in the same spot that I did, or in the same building that I did. And worked in our building, um, not with my company, but he worked in the building. And I had quizzed him about bikes and was just about ready to to, to pull the trigger. And then I saw that and went, nope. Yep, they're yeah. not not a good freeway travel means. Not not when there's cars and trucks out there. Um, you know, if you had open road between you and wherever you're going, then okay. So. But it's funny, you know, in watching those those documentaries, the all way round and uh, or long way round, long way up and long way down and stuff, the, the three documentaries that they've got um, in one of them, they had two accidents. Each of the two guys were in an accident and hit by a car. Both of them were OK um, within two days back to back. And they were both in the town that they were leaving from. They, they were like oh. with, within 100 miles of home. Once they got out on the road, they were fine. It was driving around the city, you know, testing well, yeah, and prepping the sense. bikes and, 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 the, and the highways. I mean, they were on the highways and stuff around the town, too. And it's like, really? Yeah, that just tells you where, where the, you know, there's a city bike is an oxymoron. Yes. That's true. It's true. Yeah. So. And if you ride one, you're just a moron. Forget the oxy. <laughs> fish story I have or like I found um, big fish in, what was you that? Met, big fish? you met a giant big along fish. the way? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good movie it's one of Tobin's favorites it is, um, it's a really cute movie so this fish story ends with felony convictions so there's a reason a fish story has become synonymous with the unbelievable so two fishermen have pleaded guilty to felony charges for lying about some impressive fish entered in a Utah fishing tournament. So Robert Dennett, 45, and Cameron Wooten, who's 35, are the first people in the state's history to be prosecuted for cheating in such a contest. They were one um, uh, of about 25 teams looking for five largemouth bass with the highest total weight in a two-day fishing tournament on Lake Powell. Um, And this is the Lake Powell big in big water uh, that was in October 2018. After the first day, the pair were in second place and had produced the largest fish overall, but their five fish were of a different shape than the ones of their fellow competitors pulled from Lake Powell, suggesting they consumed a different diet. They also had a reddish coloring on the mouth and fins, which is a sign of stress. Then the men were disqualified. So um, the Wildlife Resources Division called an investigator who, had, who questioned the men. One of them started to kind of acknowledge that, yeah, maybe the fish hadn't come from Lake Powell. Then he very quickly asked for an attorney, and the other individual didn't want to say anything. So, um, <laughs> the Lake Powell... I know nothing! Exactly, nothing! They, they learned <laughs> that the pair had been fishing at another spot, 180 miles west, before the tournament began. So then they pleaded guilty to tampering to influence a contest, and that's a third-degree felony and a misdemeanor charge of unlawful release of wildlife and captivity of protected wildlife. Um the charges will be dismissed once the men complete two years probation and 48 hours of community service, and they must pay $2,500 
equal to the prize money to the Wildlife Division's anti-poaching fund. <laughs> Dang. That was expensive fish. I know. <laughs> Hope Crazy, they really right? liked it. <laughs> wow. I just think everybody else is stupid. Yeah. So they got a story to tell their grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> Guess so. Did I tell you the time I got arrested for fishing? Yeah. yeah. Guess what? I've passed on that genetic genetic matter to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see so, what you can do with those tools. <laughs> so New Year's Rock New Year's Rockin' Eve in New York has been canceled. Apparently it's going virtual. Yeah. Which is lame. Yeah. Lame. Lame. Well, I mean, more power to the people who want to be out there, but that was like the last place on the planet I would ever want to be ever. It's freezing cold, and there's a jillion people standing elbow to elbow, yeah, waiting to would, watch yeah. a bunch of lights drop from the on, on a tower on top of a building, and then they all go yay, and then they go home. Oh yeah, yeah they drink a lot too. Of drinking and <laughs> yeah, they drink a lot too. Yeah, they and there's and there's too. live music, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, but, but this is the first time in more than a hundred years. Yeah. Well, so, I don't think a hundred years ago they had New Year's Rock and Eve, but they had a New Year's Eve celebration. What? Okay, right? hair splitter. Well, I take that back. Dick Clark was probably there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking about the disembodied head. I think Dick Clark is <laughs> is still there every year. I mean, they just yes. you know he, he's inside of a little glass canister and it hovers. <laughs> So, yeah, him and Casey Kasem, right? Yeah, him and Casey Kasem. <laughs> I think they canceled the Rose Parade, too, which is really sad. Yeah. Another one that's yeah. over 100 years old. Yes. Yeah. They're taking away all the good excuses to gather together and, and say, why on earth are we here? Um, exactly. What were we thinking? Yeah. I have never understood people who love going to the Rose Parade. There yeah. are eight cabillion people out there. It's always stinking cold out there. And even if it warms up during the day, overnight is very cold. Yeah. And, you know, and then you're stuck in that traffic all day long. Yeah. I am such an anti-parade person. It's so funny. My dad, when he was a kid, you know, that was the big event in the town. He grew up in a little town in Kansas. And so when there was an, a parade, that was a huge thing. And so he loves parades. So growing up, my dad drug us to any parade within 100 miles of our house. We went to parades. And he loved it. He would be grinning ear to ear at a parade. And I'd be standing going like, okay, it's a guy riding a little scooter. You know, that's like half the size of what he needs to be on. Why? Um, oh, there's somebody with, like, paint on their face who's a clown. Yay. Um, and so I just, parades do nothing to me, for me. Uh, when we moved to California, we, the first year we were here, I was a freshman in high school. We got rousted out of bed at three in the morning so we could drive to Pasadena and watch the Rose Parade. And I've got to say that's a substantially better parade than the, most of the parades that I had been to throughout my life in, in places like Kansas and New Mexico and, and such. And it was a better parade. I'm glad I did it once in my life. That's the, the one time I can say I've been to a parade. But I've got to be careful because I, I was actually talking to um, uh, a niece at one point in time and she was talking about, you know, hey, I was going to go out and support the uh, the pride parade. And I went off on parades and she looked at me like, 
are you homophobic or something? And I had to explain. It's like, no, no, no. I, the, the cause is fine. I have no issues with that whatsoever. It's the whole parade thing. <laughs> she was shocked. You know, it's like most people, when you mention you're going to go to a pride parade, are going to have, you know, opinions one way or the other about, you know, the, 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 the gay pride issue. It's like, yes. I could care less about that one way or the other. I mean, it's, I mean, at least in, in my emotional response is that go support it. Don't support it. Whatever it makes you happy, but a parade. Oh my gosh. A parade. You know, and I are in the same boat. A hundred percent. I don't like parades. I will go if I know somebody's who's in it and right. I want to support them. Tobin is like, like your dad. Yeah. He loves parades. Yeah. He loves them. And I hate them. They are annoying and boring, and I don't like them. Yeah. Um, so that's so funny. I got dragged into a parade one time here. They had a Fourth of July parade. They they have one every year in in Corona. And uh, when I was coaching here, uh, the team was going to walk in the parade, and so they had bought like um, you know big boxes of things for the kids to grab and throw out to people along the parade route and the, and the team would walk and, and there was going to be, they made, they decorated somebody's truck and it had a platform behind it. And it's like, and I said, well, as long as I get to ride, <laughs> if I have to be there, you know, so I sat on the back of the thing and put on a, a fake smile. And it's funny because several of the parents picked up on my displeasure. <laughs> they were like, um, thanks for doing this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I'm happy to coach. I'll do whatever I can for the team, for the kids, but you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I just, <did> not. <laughs> it was like, really, you're going to make me go through this. All right, fine. Whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I rode on the back of that thing and it was just dismal. It was hot. I had to drive a miserable. truck, truck in parades when he was yeah. on the city council. Yeah. And, um, it was fine. He loved it. And so mm -hmm. being, driving the truck was fine. Yeah, if you get to ride at least, you know. He put, he, we decorated and he put, you know, yeah. you know, Councilman Tobin Brinker on the side. And, you see the joy um, in his eyes and his face. Yeah. It's like it's like watching your child light up at Christmas time. He was happy. So, yeah, you Seriously. do it for him. And that's what I figured. I'd do it for the kids. Now, it was funny when I tried to bail on it, the... Um, the uh, a couple of the parents because there were other coaches on the team and the parents were like we need you there and i'm like why it's like because you can control them <laughs> we had um we had a thing where the city council was doing a recognition of the team one time and so they there was like a hundred kids running around out in front of the city council at night before the meeting and they said okay it's your time we're gonna line up and walk in in a minute and some parents were like come on kids come on gather around and the kids were going you know like bouncing off the walls and they turned to me and I, you know, turned on the coach's voice and within like 90 seconds, we had 200 kids in line ready to go into this, you know, and they all looked at me like, how you do that? You know, I was like, Hey, I couldn't do it if it was my own kids, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They're like, dad, just wait a second. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, we only have a couple minutes left, but this story I think is amazing. Apparently there's a guy who's in his fifties. He started a game of Dungeons and Dragons in 1982, and he hasn't stopped that game. Hasn't wrapped it up yet, huh? No. Boy, no. that's a deep dungeon. <laughs> yeah. So um, he. Uh, so right from the description on his website, you can tell he's serious. His name is apparently Robert Wardhog, and he is a dungeon master. Um, he is a he has a full time job as a history professor at the University of Western Ontario, and the Canadian man's unofficial <laughs> the University of Nerdsville. Yeah, exactly. Is running what he believes is the world's longest Dungeons and Dragons game. 
The oh, campaign, he says, has been taking place for 38 years. Hmm. It's like those yeah. guys that have been playing Game of Tag with each other ongoing since 8th grade. Oh, my God. I grade. love that movie. It was I cute. Really cute. It was so cute. You just got to revel in their friendship. That's yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah, and I love at the end of the movie that they then, like, showed you the original, the real guys and some excerpts yeah. of them, like, tagging each other and dressing up to, to, to surprise, you know... You, come walking out of a grocery store and there's, you know, a guy out there hawking, uh, you know, product for the store or something. And, and he pulls off his mask and tags you because it's your friend who lives in another state. But he right. set this elaborate thing up to tag you. And, that and awesome? yeah, that, that, that is fun. That is fun. <laughs> I can't tell you how many kids on my swim team decided they were going to start a tag game. Um, I don't think any of them are still going. But but when that was out, that was a that was sort of a cool thing. Uh to play tag and your know, tag is fun it's simple it is it's simple. simple and it was funny how they tied into like special rules right like that like, no tag backs and because otherwise you just sit there going your tag you're it you're it you're it right. you're it you're it right. you know and it's like no 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 you can't tag the, that can't tag back the person who tagged you uh but you can tag somebody else who can tag you so three of you could stand in a circle and tag each other tag 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 tag, tag. <laughs> uh yeah cute movie if you've not seen it go watch what was it called What's it was called? it called tag it might have been. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, we both are. go watch. Uh, Google it quickly because we're dead Movie tag. Okay, what is it called? Uh, tag film. Tag. Tag. Yeah, 2018. Tag. It's called tag. Okay. Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, John Hamm. Small group of former classmates organize an elaborate annual game of tag that requires some to travel all over the country. It's awesome. Yeah. If you're going to take a vacation back home, that's as good a way to do it as any is. While you're there, go annoy the hell out of everybody in town while you chase your friends around as middle-aged men. Why not? I think it's beautiful. I, I think do, it's too. Beautiful. It, I it, love it. it just shows the, 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 the love of each other and, and the friendship, and that's very cool. Exactly. It's an excuse to get together. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And the movie really does make that clear too you know the way they they designed the movie and played it it just it shows that they really that this was really about them and about their friendship so cool go watch tag i think i'll watch it today yeah or tomorrow squeeze it in somewhere this weekend we'll see you know i have such a busy schedule i have such a busy social schedule (laughs) so we are at the end of our show for today we are thanks for joining us i'm todd brinker Great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.